Dueling Dialogues presents His and Hers with Grace Matthews, The Hammer, and Connor Murphy. Welcome to episode 10 of His and Hers with Grace Matthews and the Caddy Man in the heart of the USA, Springfield, Missouri. Hi, you two. Hello, hello. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> Not much. Not much. It's Thursday already. It is Thursday already, and we're moving towards the weekend, and that makes us happy. Yes, of actually, course. And it's actually going to be above 80. Yeah, That's we're good. looking at a good one here, too. So, uh, woohoo! Yeah. Okay, our thought for the week. Most people have heard this, but think about it, internalize it, and make it what you're all about. Be the change you wish to see in the world. Yeah, I like that. Absolutely. And you want to know why we do this show? Because we really suck at relationships. We really do. And we want someone to learn from our mistakes because we had a hell of a time trying to learn from our mistakes. You know, and let it be known that we do give 100%, maybe 110% at our sucking. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that is a full fledged effort to. You, it has to be for us to suck it so bad at some of these things, and we will look back sometimes weeks, months, whatever, and we go, "How did we do that? How did we not see that?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I think we're blind, literally, but um, eventually we do see. Yeah, right. we are blind, but we can see after. 32 years, 37 years, however you want to look at it, we have more good days than bad. Good. Good to hear. Anyway, uh, we're talking about OCD again. Um, We seem to have a lot of support for last week's show, and we want to thank Caddyman for being so candid. We want to look at OCD in the family because if someone in the family has obsessive-compulsive disorder, it affects the whole family. Right. Um, we're going to be referring to Brain Lock. It's a book by Jeffrey Schwartz, MD. We're particularly talking about today, Chapter 6, which is OCD in the family. Um, this book, I always like to be very honest because we do review a lot of books, um, especially on Dueling Dialogues and on uh, Shenanigan Free Press. This is a apparently the only really valued treatment book out there for obsessive compulsive disorder and let me tell you it's very textbookish it's very it's at times boring right it, it, it's written that way I mean definitely dr. Schwartz knows what he's talking about okay. he came up with the four R's okay and I do want to mention the four R's because it, it is the way you deal with OCD. And I we're not gonna spend a lot of time on that, but um, it's relabel is number one, okay? Um, you wanna talk about what relabel is? Yes, relabel is where you um, relabel what is happening to you. Okay. Like an intrusive life. Yes, like... Um, 
something sneaks into your mind and you you're wanting to recognize that maybe yes you want to recognize what you're doing and make sure that you know what it is that it and then you get into the second uh, reattribute exactly which is your second R and that's where you say this is not me it's my OCD Exactly. This is not a character of mine. I, I don't do these things. Um, you know, I, this, this is uncharacteristic of my behavior. Right. Then you have to refocus your thoughts because by refocusing, it goes away because you have broken the chain. Yeah, and you can do it a lot of different ways. We talk about um, caddy man taking a walk. Yeah. Meditating. Right. Um, just doing something else. I mean, what seems to work best for you? Uh, it seemed like these were hitting me a lot at my desk. I was sitting, mm -hmm. um, getting up and walking. Um, just uh, if I was doing something, putting it down and start doing something else. It's not that hard to do when you, it's okay. It, when you recognize it, it's not that hard to do, but by not recognizing it, you fall into the what I call the fog. Right. And when you're in the fog, there is no way out. It's just like being in a fog. You can walk around and you can't find your way nowhere. You are just completely lost. And that that brings us to the revalue where you where you actually basically devalue the compulsion or the obsessive behavior. Right. Okay, where you say, you know, this isn't right, this isn't me, this is... Um, I don't need this. Yeah. I don't need to do this. Exactly. Right. So. Okay, cool. So relabel, okay. reattribute, refocus, and revalue. Exactly. Right. And um, that is the secret formula to curing OC without drugs. Right. Now, if you don't let your OC get too bad, you you can definitely do it without medication and even therapists. I'm sure they probably don't like us to say that. But there are, there are a lot of people that agree to that. Right. So what about the family? Like most diseases... When one person in the family has it, everybody has it. Um, the staff at UCLA says that patients tell them, I'm driving my wife crazy, pushing my friends away from me. My family can't stand it anymore. I have to stop doing this. That's what they say when they come in. Right. You know, it's not really that they're driving themselves crazy because they really have protected it so much and, and even valued it because if you have an obsessive thought, you need to calm yourself down. That's where the compulsions come in. So when the compulsions come in, they're actually feeling better. Right. But the family is not. Right. So they're pushing people away. So one of the first things you've got to do is know that you cannot enable this person. You've got to learn to say no. Right. However, family members try to protect the OC patient, and so they make everything worse. They do it over and over again. It's, it's hard, but you must resist. 
because the consequences hurt the road to recovery. Right. And, you know, a lot of times the person will use the OCD as a weapon. In fact, a lot. And they will have tantrums if you do not do things they want you to do. Yeah, okay. You have to learn to resist. They play on you, believe me. Hmm. We will we will use it to our advantage. Yeah. And hmm. eventually all this energy uh, may be poured into trying to cope with the person's illness. I right. mean, it is exhausting. They may plead with the person to stop, but they will also lie. Right. To get you to do what they want so that they can continue their compulsions. Okay. Um, the people that are trying to protect the OC person will also lie. They will lie to the OC person so they don't trigger them. There's one example for uh, where a husband had places that were off limits for his wife to go to because he felt like she would get something bad would happen. So she would come home and lie to him that say, I didn't go there so he wouldn't have a tantrum. No, I see. Okay. So what you do when you do that is you make it worse. Right. She is sabotaging his progress. It's very easy to do. And um, the enabler can also become as much a part of this as the actual OC patient. So you must refuse to participate. Don't become a prisoner of the OCD. Okay. That's and that's to all family members. You know, even children sometimes, especially checkers. Checkers will say, you know, son, go check the oven. Right. He might, the kid might come back in the other room. He goes, son, go, go check the oven. I mean, that could happen 1,500 times in an evening. Wow. And the kid goes and does it. Be ready to confront the OCD patient. Okay. And always, always ask, am I helping or hurting their progress? Yes, here's, here's a big thing too. The OC person does want help. He does not want to be like this. But he has trained himself to behave in this certain way. And he knows it is, he's doing this, but he also knows how comfortable it is. He knows how safe it feels for him. He doesn't really expect any bad thing to happen because he's used this certain plan, habit, whatever you want to call it, for periods of time, and it has worked perfectly. Now, when he gets the help of the family, if they suck into it, now he has even help doing that. Right. And so you have to call him out on it. Uh, well, and, and sometimes, it, um, answer me this, they, the OC patient needs help because it's exhausting. Yes. They have so much to do to keep up with the compulsions, it's hard to keep up with the rest of their life. They're busy, they need help. Your mind never quits. Wow. It, it is just like um, if they show the universe, you know, 
they they show these shooting stars um, going off just all over the place like it just never stops like it just boom 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 that's kind of what your brain is doing with different thoughts and trying to manage all those and still perform all the habits that you need to perform you are working full time all the time and so it, it's it's a mess wow yeah and I think that's something that a lot of people don't um, understand is how much time and so you know in the beginning it might be a little bit but that grows Right, and, and, and it might grow very little over a year's time but eventually it becomes more than they can handle if they don't get treatment wow that is eye opening I had no and, idea and, yeah the suffering or the um, suffering is probably not the word I want to use but the load on the family or especially a spouse a lot of times or a partner can be exhausting. This woman actually said that um, that um, she actually would have heart palpitations if she did something that went against her husband's OC. Wow, okay. She said she would be out and start sweating as if she robbed a bank. Huh. And, and she had the guilt feeling. So she became so much a part of his OC that it really became her problem too. Right. I mean, you know, personal problem. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and in this, in the meantime, she's sabotaging his progress. Mm-hmm. Because she's enabling. As a side note on this enabling, I want to tell you that if you are a spouse that does not enable, be ready because they will find somebody that will. They will make and create relationships, and I'm not talking about sexual relationships, that enable them where they have enablers. Right. It's a very complex disease. Wow, I didn't realize it was continually growing like that and getting worse. Yes, I have no idea. yes, it does because of the pathways that develop in the brain. Hmm. Okay, it's kind of like um, Cattyman's therapist says it's like opening doors. And to me, it's like your brain looking at your brain like it's a maze, and then little doors opening where they shouldn't, right? And creating pathways um, and that are dysfunctional, right? Okay, the bottom line is always this is the family member helping or hindering the person's effort? to make progress and heal right and you really have to think about that well it's such a fine line to um, know when to step in intervene you have to intervene to stop the madness and well exactly and like like I said, the, the OC patient is so overwhelmed with the, the rituals, the intrusive thoughts, the compulsions that it is, um, they're not logical. 
I mean, they are not being logical. OC, when it gets at its peak, takes away and robs the person of any ability to be logical. We see that in Howard Hughes. Um, I think that Leonardo DiCaprio very much um, um, shows how he became this brilliant man became so illogical. Right. Um, when you start therapy, you got to draw a line, a line in the sand. When you start, and, and I mean formal therapy, or you just decide enough is enough, we are going to take care of this problem. You have to drive, draw a line in the sand, and, and you have to use tough love. You right. have to refuse to let do any. Even the ones that seem like it's okay. Um, for example, um, Caddy Man had his days of the week, his outfits, you know, and that really, I, you know, I always looked at it for a long time like, well, that's not hurting anybody. I don't care. Right. You know, pick your battles. Nope, you can't let any of those get by. Right. Because see, it's opening up those pathways in the brain. Right. Unfortunately, with the OCD, you if you are given an inch, you will take a mile. You have to stop it completely. You can't just say, well, I'm going to stop this part of it. Exactly. No, you have to break the entire chain of events and throw them into a completely different order. So you have to think what you're doing, not just doing it by reaction and by habit. Um, and I, I think I've said this before on the show, we have this guru that, that we've seen, his name is Sadhguru, and he explained it about as well as anybody I've ever heard, saying, there is no such thing as a good habit, because if you are not thinking about it, what you're doing, anything even as minute as brushing your teeth, then it's bad because at that moment you are not present. You are in the black hole, the fog, whatever you want to call it. You're in it and you are not there. Right. We're going through the motions. Right. You know, now, do, is it silly to think that everybody when they brush their teeth says, you know, I'm brushing my teeth and it's really a good deal because I'm not going to have any cavities and my breath's not going to stink and blah, blah. You could go on. And, no, people don't do that. But there's got to be a moment in there where you go, brushing my teeth, that, that's good to do today. Yeah, maybe or, I better get that back you to know, it. You know, I, yeah, did I feel a piece of corn way, way back there? You know that place that I always have to dig out with the toothpick, you know? I mean, it, it could be something stupid, but you've got to make your, your mind come to come to reality. You can't just be in a dream world your entire life. I mean, we all have our uh, idiosyncrasies that we do, and they're fine. But you can't get where you can't recognize them. To see what you're actually doing and think about. Well, and they, they, they need to not become ritualistic either. Okay, so who is the stranger? How do family roles change? Okay, there are different times 
in the development of the illness, that roles change um, during serious episodes. Um, I mean, today we happen to be talking about a husband that has it. It can certainly be a wife or it can even be a child, okay? But during those episodes, um, family members have to take on a different role. For example, the mom can have to become the mom and the dad. Right. She can um, become the caretaker of the husband. Right. Or the enabler. She almost takes on a parental role at times. Okay, and during the healing, those roles can change again. Children sometimes will take on a parental role with their parent. Hmm. So there's there's lots of role changes through throughout this illness. And family dynamics, of course, can dictate that. Right. And family members may when when someone's healing, family members may even resent that and be jealous. Especially ones that have their own issues. And believe it or not, they will sometimes try to sabotage the progress. Hmm. And um, we've seen that before, where, you know, um, at times when um, catamaran was improving, we saw people that were like, didn't really, weren't that happy about it. No, no. Because especially people that he sort of depended upon a little bit. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is, um, and it is certainly, as Dr. Dr. Schwartz writes about it. This is true for almost every case. You know, it can change the enabler's world, your family's world, your friend's world, your co-workers. Because if you have been behaving a certain way for a long period of time, they know where you're coming from. Exactly. So now this. So now you're trying to um, break the chains. And so you start acting differently, and well, they don't know what the hell's going on, and you know, right? It's like, and know what that it's just coming from. Yeah, an OC person only lets a few people in that world close right. because there's an intimacy issues. Okay, um, and so there, it is an alienating disease, right. you know, because even though you might be existing at the world at a desk, you will basically practice social distancing. (laughs) I I mean, um, since that's on everybody's mind, but mostly also emotional distancing. Well, listening to all of this and, and learning as we go along here, I'm seeing a lot of parallels to as if, uh, you know, a member of the family was a drug addict. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. it's an addiction. Yeah. Right. I mean, it is. It, it does parallel. And a lot of addicted people are self-medicating from OC. Oh, I see. Now, that did not happen to be our case. There was not an alcohol or a drug abuse. Right. But most of the time, you're, you're very right. It is. You know, um, it's a, and it's the same thing. The, the, uh, the OC person does not seem, does not see reality. And as I have talked about it with Grace before, 
and everyone has. Have you ever been the sober one in the group and tr and someone's drunk and you try to reason with them? More times than I have. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now, is, 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 is that not a trip? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because it, because it doesn't happen. Right. Well, it's the same thing here. The, the person, the OC person, is not seeing reality, so he cannot make a rational decision, so he's fighting you, or she, right. to nail. I mean, because in their mind, things are different, because they aren't there. Right. Exactly. Now, I want to I wanna make a, a quote the author here. Um, Although I am convinced that OCD is more a biological and emotional than an, an emotional disorder, there is almost certainly an interface between the two. In therapy, the person must be honest about these underlying issues if he or she is to get the maximum beneficial effects. I want to bring that up because be careful about your therapist. If your therapist is so focused on the four R's, that they cannot understand that this has taken an emotional toll on you and your family, get another therapist. Right. Because the emotional toll cannot be left and swept under the bed someplace. Right. And um, so that's a very important um, to remember because, you know, also once someone is cured of the actual OCD, you do have these other issues. Things that happened. Right. You have to find a place for them. You have to understand why they happened. And most, you're also living with a stranger all of a sudden. Right. You know, because these things develop so slowly that you, you don't know this other person. Now, in our case, it happens to be a delight. Okay. Because that other new person, free of the OC, you know, it, it, it's just like, you know, right. marrying, marrying somebody new. Yeah. A better and, person. Know, of, it, uh, it is. The it old is. Version. It's, a, it's a whole new life. Right. You know, and a, a, a caddy man will tell you, in fact, I'd rather him tell you that he had quit tasting. What did you insert okay. that for us? I, one of the biggest realizations that happened to me was, and I, guess I tried to put it out of my mind because it didn't seem rational but I couldn't smell I couldn't taste things didn't feel right um, I didn't feel like I heard things correctly I didn't take things correctly it was all um, kind of that you were existing in a dream and then, when you snap out of it, you can call it enlightening, you can call it whatever you want to call it. I call it just coming out of the fog. When you come back to reality, one of the first things I told Grace was, hey, I tasted something. Or, you know those um, scents that you put in my bathroom? I can actually smell them. You don't know what it's like to be able to feel 
the five senses sensation unless you haven't had them. Right. It's Take just, them for granted. It's just like a, you know, these, uh, you know, like if you can't see, or, you know, they, they have these accidents where people can't see, they can't hear, whatever, and then they can again. Let me tell you, I, I they cry with joy. It's it's almost it's the same way. You realize how much you depend on the five senses to to live, and uh, having them having your fact all your faculties back to where you can function. No wonder your mind clears up. Right. You know? It's a busy. It's a it's, job. It's, it's, uh, yeah, you got to work at being. Well, which brings me to our next topic, which is emotional burnout. Okay, you can have these compulsions, need them to do them, and still doing them, and you are totally flipping burned out. Right. Okay? And, 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 and most of all, I wanted to talk about work, home, exercise, and relationships, where you are, you are doing that, you're working so hard and you are so burned out, and you hate it so much, but you have to do it. Can you give some tiny little insight into what that's like? Like working, like you cannot, you feel like you cannot miss work because you cannot um, miss what's going to happen there at work. That's your sanctuary. A lot of people hide at work. Because at work, you can be as structured as you want, and they think you're the greatest employee since sliced bread. Right. You know, I mean, you are, if you, you get a model employee, they say, oh man, he does his job, he didn't cause any problems, he's busy all the time, you know, he comes, never, you know, hanging around the water cooler, shooting the shit with the people, you know, what? it's all that stuff. Well, that's all great. Except I promise you, he's got some, he or she has some sort of OCD. It's just because you are so wrapped up in doing the chain of, keeping the chain going. And like myself, mine was, a, a big part of mine was going to the gym to work out. If I missed that workout, I told Grace I was going to have a bad day. And and the angels didn't say that like you or I might say it like I mean you know, this is I'm starting the day out bad and and you don't really I mean he would internalize that so much in fact I want to quote one one line from the author OCD fueled fears can be much stronger than any other emotions including love and grief and we can attest that the fears of needing to do that can can far outweigh anything else you need to do in your life you want to do in your life and anything else you feel in your life I had it I had it so bad that the person that ran the gym like if the weather got real bad and she could not make it in to open it when I need when we all met there I had her, she called me at home yeah. and said, I can't make it. Yeah. No gym today. And it was like, oh my God. What a am crisis. I yeah. I, yeah, I've got an hour and a half, two hours here. What am I, I, mm-hmm. I, right. I, I can't. I, but this bleeds over into relationships. Parenting, 
Nothing rises above. You know, I once told one of my kids um, when we were when we first were telling about this that you know they it will basically do anything for the compulsion, and he was like really mad at me. Why did you say that? No, because it's true. I, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. Right. And 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 that's how important it is. I mean, and and they're very needy people when when they're in an episode. Very needy. Oh yeah, you have you are so um, attached to the need. You don't care where it comes. You just got to fulfill the need. It's just like a, a you know a. Um, you mentioned earlier a drug addict. He didn't care where he gets it, who he gets right. it from. As long as he gets it, that's all they care about. They they don't care if they had the other person had to hurt somebody. Gets it, it doesn't matter. The end result is it's almost like uh, I had a teacher. His favorite uh, um, saying was by Machiavelli, the prince. The end justifies the means, and that's actually what an OC person is and a addict is they don't give a damn as long as they get their quote fix they could care less how it manifests well as absolutely when they're already isolated by the terrible secret because even when they find an enabler out in the world they have kept the actual OCD a secret right and yeah. so this carries over and in fact one of the things when they finally conquer the OC is what you see in the caddy man right now. It is a liberating feeling. Good. He feels remarkably Alive. liberated. Alive. Like someone's yeah. wiped your windshield. Yeah, I can and, actually exactly. see now. Good. Good to and, hear. And, and that leads us to a point like um, to tell or not to tell. Caddy man has chosen to tell right and he is very hopeful that he can help other people and um i i think that's very possible right i if he, I if he helps totally one person so. it's it's worth it's it, worth it. Yeah. and now this is a two-part segment okay um this was the first half uh stay tuned next week for the second half of how the OCD affects family. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have to t uh, thank the caddy man once again for your bravery and, um, you know, coming out and speaking about this because so many people I know are OCD, but they keep it well packed down there somewhere. Yeah. And people do, don't they? But and we are so proud of him and we are so lucky that he's coming forward. And yeah. if we can just if we can just help one, two, three people, it's all worth it. And uh, you know, I it is very curable. That's the thing that people have to understand. This is something that's that's not terrible. It's curable. And we right. just have to recognize it and handle it correctly. And a lot of us, like Grace said, can be handled without. Uh, Drugs, or, yeah. or now, and if it's if it's gotten too far, a little bit of drugs and a, and a lot of help goes a long way. Absolutely, it, it's not like you've got to reinvent the wheel. It it you can, it's something that sometimes a sentence, a word, anything to break it.
stops it. Or, so you know, yeah, just staying, you know, or just taking the damn vacuum away from them when they start just vacuuming and vacuuming. <laughs> yeah, they're just, that's just, that's just, just a little off. bit more here over there than all no, over there. No, no, no. Well, I, I, I'd hate to be an enabler, but Caddy Man, you can come over and vacuum at my place any time. Yeah. Well, she okay. says, "Why couldn't you?" She always says, "Why couldn't it be windows?" Yeah. Uh, why? Why, why is it have to be? Yeah. 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 Why does it have to be something noisy? <laughs> anyway, um, we want to um, end today with our affirmation. Remember, affirmations are what you're striving to do, not necessarily what you've achieved. Right. Um, we are messengers of love, happy, healthy, financially prosperous, great partners and parents. We are charitable, energetic, creative trendsetters that experience success every day. Um, thanks to our listeners. Thanks for everybody that has newly followed us because of the OC episodes. We appreciate the professionals that we picked up this week. Good. Thank you, everyone, and have a happy and safe week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, see you soon. Bye now.